All-American Spook Show Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm here with Will. (laughs) And as always, the Professor Smoke. What's up, ghoulies? In this episode we're going to discuss one of the best horror movies of 1985. Is it Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge? Nope. Fright Night? Nope. Friday the 13th, A New Beginning? House? Nope. It's The Return of the Living Dead. But all those others I just talked about made more money than that. (laughs) Yeah, and actually it's surprising that what George Romero's Day of the Dead came out the same year and actually made less than Return of the Living Dead. Yes, it grossed fourteen point two four million dollars by you know what I could find you know total. Um, some horror, some other horror movies that it beat out that year. Uh, what smoke one you just said. Um, oh. But it also beat out Cat's Eye, Life Force, Once Bitten, and Transylvania Six Five Thousand. That was a personal favorite of mine, by the way, Transylvania. Six five thousand. Dude, I gotta say awesome too. So, so I looked up all that shit to spout that off. Right, nineteen eighty five was a fucking awesome move uh, year for movies, is what I came to realize yeah, I, very quickly. I'll just roll off some of the. Uh, I'll read you the top ten in the box office that year, okay? And then I'll just roll off some other movies. Top ten from uh, top to bottom. Back to the Future, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Rocky Four, The Color Purple. Out of Africa, Cocoon, The Jewel of the Nile, Witness, The Goonies, and Spies Like Us. That was the top ten. Only, uh, let's see, three of those movies broke $100 Back to the Future, Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and Rocky Four. So Stallone was raking in in 85. Yeah. (laughs) But just some other movies that year. Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Fletch. View to a Kill, National Lampoon's European Vacation, Mask, not The Mask, but Mask, the one with Cher in it, and uh, Willie's favorite, uh, Rocky Dennis. Uh, Yay! The Breakfast Club, uh, Pale Rider, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Brewster's Millions, St. Elmo's Fire, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Commando, Teen Wolf, and I mean, it just keeps going on. The Last Dragon, <laughs> which we should probably do that oh, one here. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, we definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on, dude. Fuck, fucking uh, summer rental, John Candy, weird science. Shit. <laughs> I mean, it was a hell of a year. I mean, when you look at it like this, man, when you run down this list, I'm like, Jesus, dude, '85 was awesome. <laughs> but I was only four, going on five years old when it was going on, so I don't remember everything about that. I mean, I remember some of that, and obviously that some of those are my favorites from years later. But I. I don't remember seeing any of those in the theaters. I was too little to recall. Mm, and I think and I now when people go back and uh, <laughs> watch movies from uh, 2010 uh, to 2020, it's going to be like, hey, what did we watch then? Well, it was part <laughs> two of this, and 
and part two of that, and the return of this, uh, and, and part three of that. We can have a reboot <laughs> marathon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, the Final Destination getting a reboot, too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It's kind of strange. I didn't read the details, though. So it's, is it going to be a reboot or a continuation? Yeah, I, I read into there was a reboot. Wow. It's going to be a reboot. Yeah. Which, which I don't know. I don't know. Is there a real demand for it being I, rebooted already? I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. I thought it kind of played, you know, played it out to the end as much as it could do with it. It's not kind of like so, Saw, you know, Saw has kind of played its way through. So what it you're on. saying is it wasn't the final destination. <laughs> yeah. Never. Never. The final destination, the never ending story. <laughs> final destination. Okay, six. here we go. I will, I will still say, though, that the final destination two, the, you know, the, the horrible accident, the car crash. Oh, yeah. And that movie yeah. is one of the best car crash scenes in movie history. Yeah. It is fucking insane. Yeah. Well, and just when everything calms down, here comes the log trucks. Yeah. <laughs> I love those movies. Yeah, there's one thing you can't say about that. that yeah, they, you, can't, you can't say that they don't have ingen- in, you know, inventive kills in just about every one of those oh, movies. Yeah. Especially the first three, I think. Like, it starts going yeah. off the rails after that, but those first three. True. Yeah, flattened by that glass pane or whatever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forget which one that was. Yeah, the first one was the plane crash, right? The second one was the big uh, log truck accident. The third one third was a, the roller coaster, think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then I can't remember after that right off the top of my head. but Yeah, I don't even know. I, didn't, I honestly don't think I saw any after part three. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a series of movies that kind of blow their wad in the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. And then, and then it's, it's kind of all downhill from there. <laughs> And then it's like, hey, you still here? Check us out. Yeah. No? No, not good? All right, check us out. <laughs> not like the one we're going to talk about today, though, The Return of the Living Dead. The hits keep, oh, yeah. the hits keep coming. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Until the end, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into it. So I'm going to pass along our, uh, you know, contact information, if you will, for the podcast. And if you wanted to uh, email us, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook if you look up All American Spook Show. And uh, the same on YouTube, you know, the All American Spook Show. Uh, we have a YouTube uh, account there. We're basically, we just put uh, show teasers on there, but maybe eventually we'll, you know, figure out some other content to put up there. So, yeah, if you want to get, in, you know, you got any uh, questions to ask us, any uh, comments or critiques, whatever, you know, we're, we're an open book. Uh, so if you want to find us and send us a message there. Um, yeah, so recently, uh, well, it was probably uh, back in mid-December, we were, uh, a, a tweet that we had sent out was liked by Shudder. I think it was when we were talking about uh, Terrified. Um, it was liked by Shudder on Twitter, and then we actually got retweeted by Craig Engler, who is the GM of Shudder. So um, we wanted to mention that. That was pretty cool. Um, we also have um, at least two new listeners abroad internationally we had uh a a download from uh japan and we had a new download from austria so shout out to you guys listening over there if you can understand uh what i'm what we're speaking thank you Sometimes yeah, you probably can't understand it. even if English is your first language, you probably can't understand some of the stuff I mumble out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's more of what I meant. Like I'm sure anybody that's going to download this probably at least knows English. I would hope, but yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're speaking a different kind of English. <laughs> 
We speak in Southern. It's called South Carolina. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Austria and Japan. And, and we also had another download from the UK. I mean, I don't know if it's the same one, you know, same person that was listening before, but shout out to the UK as well. Um, we're international. Another thing we're going to discuss here, and this is kind of going off track a little bit, but we've, we found this this week and we all thought it was hilarious. I'll put the link. It's a YouTube video. I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out because you have to see this for yourself. Uh, or you can look it up on YouTube yourself when I tell you. It's called Forklift Driver Klaus English Subtitles. Um, it looks like it was uploaded by someone named Lava Doma. I don't know, whatever. But it's, it's been on there for like over eight years. Um, it has over 2.1 million views. So, I mean, it's not like this is this secret thing that we just discovered. But we just tripped upon it ourselves. So... We thought it was hilarious and kind of fitting for the podcast. It's like a uh, a German forklift safety driving uh, video that just straight up goes off the rails. I mean, like the first few minutes, you're like, what the hell? Why am I watching this? What is this? You know, it's like a instructional video on <clears throat> what to do and what not to do when driving a forklift. And then it just starts showing you like these accidents with this guy um driving the forklift and it and the accidents just keep getting worse and worse until it becomes just a straight up like splatter gore flick by the last like three minutes of it yeah once you get there it it just becomes like a uh like a like a running joke and like everything starts adding to each other it's it's awesome (laughs) yeah i thought it was like like what would happen if uh if they got like a German splatter all tour, like Olaf Edenbach or Andreas Schnauss to put together a forklift safety video. And this is what they deliver. Trust me. It is fucking nuts. You need to, <laughs> you need to go watch this for yourself. It's hilarious. Um, like I said, I'll put the uh, link in the show notes there so you can check it out yourselves or you can go look it up. It's called forklift driver, Klaus English subtitles. So I'm sure uh, any of our fans will get a kick out of it. So I guess this week, you know, we're like I said, we're going to be talking about The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. Before we go any further, here's the trailer for that movie. In the dark of the night, something strange is going on. question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Frank, we have a little problem. Boiler! Ten right! It's all over everything! Stupid asshole! Watch your tongue, boy, if you like this job! Like this job! puzzle because technically you're not alive why do you eat people not people brains 
kill something that's already dead. Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brain, right? Brains. is nervous. Usual crap. The police are confused. Send more cops. It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now. Bring the movie line. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. Do you the return. Of the living dead. Alright, so there you go. That's the trailer for The Return of the Living Dead. Um, before we go into the ins and outs, or you know, the, the, the preamble here, before we go into the discussion, um, Will, tell us a little bit about your background with this movie. Since I want to throw it out there, I know we've all seen this movie. This is one of those ones we've all seen and loved. So, Will, what's your background with it? Well, I don't think Smoke's actually heard this story, but Josh has. Uh, so I'm going to say it was right around 1985, so I'm guessing it it had just come out on VHS. Maybe it was 86? And uh, prob- oh, Before you continue, uh, it's probably around 86 because this yeah. came out, I'm sorry, came out in August of August 16th, 1985, so more than likely if it's on tape at, back then, it's probably you're probably talking 86. Yeah, yeah, so I was... Uh, I was a young five-year-old little boy, and uh, uh, we were in the process of moving from out in the country to farther out in the country, Uh, and my parents decided to rent this movie. Now, me being five years old, they didn't let me watch it, Uh, but the next day, we were packing up to leave, and, you know, packing up a house that you've lived in for years, it takes a while, so... uh, My parents uh, are are outside, like, you know, like trying to fit everything in the trucks and, you know, make different trips. So I'm sitting inside bored. Hey, there's a movie from the video store. I'm going to watch that. Sit down. It's it's Return of the Living Dead. And as a five year old kid, probably not a not a good movie to watch. (laughs) What made it even worse was uh, when we moved. Josh has actually uh, been to uh, my parents' house before. We moved two houses down from a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> so as a, as a five-year-old kid, we moved right beside a graveyard. And for years, I used to sleep with covers over my head just so nobody would eat my brains. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't learn your lesson from this movie because uh, that's not how they showed themselves from... Uh... Getting uh, their brains eaten. Well, I was. I there was, is no I was shield, five, Josh. I was five. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt this time. But, <laughs> but by the time you were thirteen years old, you were just hoping that like yeah. Linnea Quigley would pop out of the tombstone and start dancing or something. <laughs> then, you, then you started having weirder dreams about Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> I started having weird dreams about. Uh, a woman who had weird dreams about being eaten alive and then her eating me alive. (laughs) (laughs) 
So with that story being said, now you know the history of uh, why this this movie means a little bit of something for Willie. You uh, have seen it a number of times since then, and we just watched it recently. So what are your initial thoughts of this movie? Uh, definitely not as scary uh, as it was the first time I watched it. <laughs> 30, imagine that, 30 years <laughs> later. It's not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like sitting here watching it, God, this... This movie is horrible in all the good ways. I'll just leave it at that. I, it was not what I remembered as a kid, but it was awesome. Is this the first time you've seen it since then? Or, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen like, it at least once since then, right? Just like Night of the Living Dead, I've I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but yeah, not like a, a full sit down of it since. Mm. All right, Smoke, you got any history with this one? Take us, um, in, yeah, take, saw us, it. take us in the way back machine. The on the way back machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is way, way back. Man. No, it was the same year, actually, that Willie saw it, except that instead of five, I guess I would have been 13. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't age yourself. But yeah, I remember renting it from the video store. and Well, I might have been 12. It all depends on what. what either 12 or 13, one or the other. Cause, did you sleep with covers uh, over your head, too? You know what? No, no. <laughs> no that, that's, he did, but he was trying to hide what he was doing, thinking about trash. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing on the uh, tombstone. Hey, get out of my head, you know. <laughs> I love death. Until it's on me, and then I cry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, about 86 and uh, renting it from the video store the first time. Uh, I can't remember if I watched it like, by myself the first time, but I remember watching it with a group of friends because I would always make them, whether they wanted to or not, they were always watching some crazy like Dr. Butcher MD or Return of the Living Dead or the First Evil Dead or whatever, you know. Like I said, whether they wanted to or not, they were watching. And sometimes they'd become fans of it, and sometimes not. But that one, I remember we all watched, and, like, everybody was, you know, cracking up at certain parts and everything. So so we all enjoyed it that first time. And then after that, I don't know, I rented it, I don't know how many times beyond that. And then finally bought that. I think that I posted a VHS picture on the Facebook page. Yeah, I saw that on the so that was, uh, Facebook and uh, yeah. Instagram. You put up some stuff. Yeah, that was the, well, that wasn't the first DHS release. That was some other re-release from like 91, I think. But that was the only one that I could find back then. You know, how it went with video stores. You couldn't really buy the VHS tapes without spending you know, a crazy amount of money until they put out the cheaper versions at like Kmart or something. Mm-hmm. Why not? So that's what that one was. So I rented it for a number of years until I bought, came across that copy that I had on VHS somewhere. So what were your, uh, you know, with this recent viewing and, you know, and all that, what, what's your initial thoughts of this movie? Or if you can even go back to when you first, you know, remember it. Yeah, when I, the first time I saw it, like I said, I was 12 or 13, so it was one of those things that, like, instantly grabs you. Because, well, I was already, I guess I should go back to, like, when I became, like, a huge, like, beyond just a horror fan and just into, like, knowing the names of directors and all that stuff. Was, like, 85, I guess. So I hadn't been into horror, like, hardcore for a year by that time. So seeing that movie the first time was, like, a pretty much making it like an instant classic to me so so you did watched it. you didn't see this in theaters you saw like you saw it on tape a little later on or yeah yeah, yeah i saw it on uh tape that when it first came out in 86 i guess on home yeah. video yeah it's probably about the same here like it, but it wasn't around that time though my my first experience with it was a little bit it was a handful of years later probably uh, oh, okay. late 80s early 90s somewhere around there so i was probably about the same age so it was a little little a few years down the road i'd say around 10 11 12 years old and and it might not even have been a tape like the first time i watched it it might have been like 
you know, the local TV station. Oh yeah. Cut down of it. Which yeah. I don't even recall the cuts, but God, I'm sure it was edited all to hell. You know, well, I know one for sure it. was the, was the jacket he was wearing, like the jacket Freddie was wearing. Uh-huh. It was that little Letterman jacket that had, I think it says, it say fuck you or something or F you on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And the television version, they actually shot a different, he had to take the jacket off and put a different made for television type jacket on. Because huh. back then, you know, they didn't have the digital, well, I can like guarantee, pixelizing it or something. I can guarantee you at least one other scene that got cut out of that, out of the TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, oddly enough, left in. Yeah. They left, they left the dancing on the grave right there. That's the other thing. That, like Once again, I'd like to go back and see that TV version because, man, that had to be cut all to hell. With, I mean, yeah, she's just basically running around naked the rest of the movie. Yeah. Right? I mean, so like any scene she's in, they're going to have to crop it. And... Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, after that after that dance in the graveyard, then she lost clothes at that point, right? And yeah. That's the time until up to her. That should be another episode one day. It's the TV version of this. Just to... <laughs> Yeah, she can never apparently find there's, it. there's some other version that has like 24 minutes of footage. At least, I, well, I'll put this out there. The, the version I watched, I mean, I have that VHS tape, and but we ended up watching it on on the DVD that they the first DVD release of it. I guess it came out back in I don't know 2002 or something like that. Hmm. I don't have the Blu-ray of it yet, unfortunately. So I don't know if the Blu-ray has any extra minutes, but I know there was a cut out there that had like 20 or 24 minutes more than the theatrical. Uh, I, I actually have the Blu-ray, and that's the one that I watched. Uh, but I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I, I should have brought it into the studio. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have brought it in here so I could take a look. I, I don't want to, you know, go hunting around for it. But yeah, I, I did watch it on Blu-ray, but I don't remember uh, if it was any longer than the uh, the general TRT because the TRT that I have that I looked up that was on IMDb was one hour and thirty-one minutes. So it, that's probably about right. Okay. And I watched yeah. it, and I actually watched it twice. I watched my Blu-ray, and then I watched it on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Uh, while you know, while I was kind of doing this and that, making notes and stuff. So, um, but that's probably about the same. I don't remember anything being in one version or the other, so it's probably about the same. The Blu-ray cut looked really good, though. It yeah, actually, but is it, that the Screen Factory one? I think is it Screen Factory put that out, uh, or no? Uh, you know what? Hold on, I'm I'm gonna go take a look. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so when Josh starts talking about scenes that we haven't seen before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> hey, do you remember? Uh, so what did y'all think about that? Dude, I've never seen that part. <laughs> I don't even ever. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right now I picture Josh running from room to room. Where the fuck is that Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just, looked ar- I just looked around. Sorry about that. I couldn't fucking find it, so I don't know. There's a whole oh, it's second. okay. And we, we, we kept our mouth shut the entire time you were gone. I'm sure you did. Oh. I'm sure it was. Uh, I'll play this back, and I'm sure it was just... <laughs> Oh, Three no minutes of complete silence. <laughs> I'm sure y'all started reading scripture verse to each other. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me finish, Josh. Ezekiel 25. Uh... Oh, my, my apologies. Go ahead. <laughs> and then the Plus, Lord said, uh... "The path of the righteous man is beset <laughs> saw... by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men." I saw something recently where they, I guess they asked uh, Samuel L. Jackson what was his favorite line from uh, Pulp Fiction. It's the one where he says, uh, I don't I don't speak what. Oh, yeah. That was the line. Does speak what? And, uh, and yeah. <laughs> Just that particular line. He said, I, uh, I don't speak what. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, where the guy, he's asking the guy's question. Yeah. What, what, what? Uh, that's an awesome movie. That's, that's, I know it's not a horror movie. That's another one we ought to do one of these days. 
here. Yeah, we could. I think we could do that out like a little bit further down the road once we get into it. Maybe pull out some of those. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Last, I mean, we did say cold. You know. We didn't say strictly oh, okay. horror. So yeah. Austin, yeah. I think it's Definitely. fair within the within the rules. Yeah. Besides, who gives a fuck? We make the rules. It's our podcast. <laughs> By the way, if we're talking <laughs> cult movies, uh, let, let's go ahead and do Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think that's what the internet needs is a deep dive into Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> again, again, one of the scariest scenes in any movie ever. Tell them, Large Marge sent you. By the way, a peek, a peek behind the curtain. We are recording this on uh, January twelfth, January eleventh. I think it was nineteen seventy four. Is the date on that plaque? In Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that Large Marge died. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is the day after the anniversary <laughs> of Large Marge's death. <laughs> when we're recording this, so uh, so all right. Uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and start getting into it. Some of the ins and outs. Uh, the Return of the Living Dead, nineteen eighty-five. It was released August sixteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Uh, I guess that's the full U.S. release. The total runtime is one hour thirty-one minutes. And it's listed as a, in this order, comedy, horror, sci-fi. Do you agree with that order? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I guess I could see putting oh, sci-fi in there. I don't know. I don't know. The sci- I guess just the element of... Well, I guess the, the actual, uh, the, the medical science part of it, I guess, is... Yeah. True. It, but it, yeah, it, I would it has elements of it there, at least. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. it's not that. I guess I would agree, though, with that order, though. It's comedy first, yeah, horror, think, yeah. and then sci-fi. Yeah, comedy first and foremost. Yeah. Um, all right, so it is starring uh, Clue Gulliger as Bert. Um, and I looked up a little bit of stuff on each person. And, like, this, apparently this dude was in a lot of westerns. Like, that was his oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and Going back to, like, the 50s, I think it was, right? Like, the mid-50s in TV Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. Like, yeah. It goes all the way back to, the, yeah, I think the mid-50s. Um and as of the recording of this podcast, he's still alive. He's 90 years old. Yeah. Um, James Karen is Frank. And uh, he actually died back in October, right before Halloween. <laughs> he died yeah. October 23rd of 2018. He, he was 94 years old. And he was in a lot of awesome. random movies. Yeah, yeah, like a character actor guy, like in a ton of TV shows, movies. Um. I can't remember the one that uh, I had remembered him from the most besides this. Um, oh, uh, well, well, he was I know a Poltergeist, was, right? Poltergeist, yeah. He was Mr. T, I think, is his name in, that, in Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the other one that comes to mind, like right off, right offhand. But, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, yeah, there's one that I've, <laughs> I haven't seen this yet, but I remember it's the poster. Six. I mean, it was the first movie, and I think it was his first actual Beyond Television, his first feature film, or whatever, was Frankenstein meets the Space Monster. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that when I was searching through his movies. Yeah, I saw that. I think I've seen that one. Believe it or not, you seen, I've seen that movie. I, I I kept seeing the poster, and the poster was like burned into my brain. It was like Frankenstein with this giant laser gun, yeah, like yeah. blasting the Space Monster, which was some clawed alien guy, and had a blurb about about the owners of this theater will give out free, you know, I. Eye shield protection so that you can prevent you from being abducted in the outer space. Whatever, you know, what gimmick type things. Yeah. I'm sure that freaked the shit out of some uh, naive people by then. Um, yeah, yeah. It also saw it also stars uh, Don Kalfa as Ernie. Now he's the dude that uh, you know runs the uh, the funeral home there next to the cemetery. 
I'm yeah. and I immediately and like it, this is even before I looked this up and I, this just confirmed it. He was the uh, one of the hitmen in Weekend at Bernie's. Remember? Yes. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. It was like, oh shit! It's that guy from Weekend at Bernie's. I completely yeah. like you know when I was watching it, I was like, man, I've seen that dude. Oh yeah! And then when I looked it up, sure enough. Um, but he actually died a couple years ago. He died December first of twenty sixteen, and he was he was only seventy six well, only, but you know, compared to the other guys. 90, 94, yeah. he was only 76. Um, Tom Matthews is Freddy, you know, the the younger guy that works in the warehouse in the movie. Um, many of you might know him as uh, playing the older Tommy Jarvis in uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Um, you know, the same character that carried over from Corey Feldman from Part 4, a different mm-hmm. dude in Part 5. I don't five. remember who in Part 5. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. I remember the guy's face, but I don't know his name right off the Yeah, yeah. And uh, then, yeah, so he was Tommy Jarvis in part six. And then, of course, Linnea Quigley as Trash, who's a, a famous scream queen, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, 80s. Definitely. Yeah. 80, well, I, hell, I don't know. She might have made her first movie in 79 or so, but I know definitely throughout the 80s and into the early 90s, like the prime 80s yeah, she queen, was in, scream queen. She was in some like Night of the Demons, Silent Night, Deadly Night, a good handful of others. Mm-hmm. What was that other that was just on the uh, uh, last drive-in re, uh, back there in the summer? Um, the slime, what's oh, it called? Uh, the, uh, slime, the slime balls, slime, uh, bolorama, yeah, or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I can never remember that thing. I always remember slime balls yeah. and the bolorama, <laughs> but I can't remember the order in which those words go. <laughs> Willie, you definitely need to see that one. But we're Sounds not good. But we're not going to do it on the podcast. I just want you to go watch that by yourself, and we'll never speak of it again. Okay. <laughs> oh, she was also in another personal favorite of mine that we should do on here sometime called uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Matter of fact, I just looked it up. It's the same year, 1988. Hollywood, Chains- Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, followed by Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, that's some good shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, that Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers actually had uh, Leatherface himself, uh, Gunnar Hansen playing uh, the leader of a uh, chainsaw cult, fittingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's she's probably, I, I guess, maybe if you wanted to count one thing that she's singularly f- famous for, though, is, is in this movie, right? Wouldn't you think this would be, like, the one thing that people would probably point to? I'd but, say this, yeah, and then I'd say number two would have to be the lipstick scene in Nine of the Demons, and if you've seen that once, you know <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh <laughs> It is directed by Dan O'Bannon, who also did the screenplay, but it was written by Rudy Ricci, John Russo, which you mentioned earlier, who I guess wrote a book or something, right? And then Russell Strainer, who was also uh, Johnny in the original Night of the Living Dead. Remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara. That guy, he was one of the writers. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like you said, John Russo, who actually had a cameo as well in Night of the Living Dead. He was one of the zombies inside the house. The first zombie they come across inside the house that they stab in the head. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of connections between this one and uh Night of the Living Dead, you know, Romero's so uh, yeah. other than obviously the name, you know, the Living Dead thing or whatever. Oh yeah. I saw something where like was it uh John Russo or Dan O'Bannon or something they had some maybe it was Russo didn't he write or was one of the writers or help Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. If you, like the history, I guess you could say, if you want to go back to the history of Return of the Living Dead, you go back 
pretty much to Russo and Night of the Living Dead, and like he was part of George Romero's uh, company called the Latent Image. So before they had made Night of the Living Dead, they were making commercial commercials for local companies and businesses and industrial films and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make a movie and was waiting to the right time, I guess, to make one. And uh, Russo came up with, or at least pitched this idea to Romero of like he had an, an image in his head of these ghouls feasting on bodies in a cemetery. And I guess Romero picked up from that. And they just kind of brainstormed, I guess, and came up with a script to, I forget what they were calling it at first, but it, eventually what would become Night of the Living Dead. So. But then there, I saw something that, very briefly that there was like a falling out between them or something, right? Where they kind of Yeah, sometime after that. They fought over where. the name of it or something, and basically they came to some agreement that like his or George Romero's movies would be like of the dead or whatever, and then anything exactly, and then anything Russo did would be Living Dead or something, right? Yeah, that was a, yeah, that, like, was that was agreement they came up yeah, with it. So you could kind of and I guess we had yeah, and that's where uh, I guess Return of Living Dead came out of that. So yeah, that agreement, whenever that year that was when they split, I know it was. I'm not sure what that year was, but I know it was about 1978. When uh, John Russo published *Return of the Living Dead*, mm. and then of course 1978 was the year that Romero had written, wrote, and directed *Dawn of the Dead*. So. This movie, and, *Return of uh, Return of the Living Dead*, it spawned four sequels: *Return of the Living Dead 2* in 1988, *Return of the Living Dead 3* in 1993, and then two back-to-back sequels in 2005 called *Return of the Living Dead: Necropolis* and *Return of the Living Dead: Rave to the Grave*. Now, yep. I haven't seen either that Necropolis or Rave to the Grave. I haven't seen either one of those. But I have seen the you know the first three, the other two. Yeah. Which yeah, I've, I've, I've seen all except Necropolis. And, well, I have to say, Rave to the Grave is pretty terrible. So I'm assuming that Necropolis is probably pretty terrible, too. But <laughs> Well, apparently they were made, uh, what, what I saw was they were made back-to-back, which is why they came mm-hmm. out, I guess, pretty much at the same time. They were made back to back and like in the shadow of Chernobyl in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the backdrop of those, you know, having something to do with Chernobyl or something, yep. I guess. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, those those exist. And I'm sure we'll get around to those one one of these days. You know, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because terrible it does not necessarily mean that it has no entertainment value. It could be quite it's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, we could just skip straight to Rave to the Grave for all I care. It's not like you have to do these in order or anything. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not like it's so deep, like Godfather trilogy or something, where you have to watch them in order. <laughs> and really, if you see, you know, part two of Return of the Living Dead is basically part one all over again. Sort. Of. I mean, not really, but to me, it's kind of like you know like the way Sam Raimi did Evil Dead, and then he did Evil Dead Two, which is basically this, yeah, kind of the same movie. Yeah, it's kind of the you kind of get a little bit more money to work with. So, he, yes. even though I know I know Raimi technically says no, it's a sequel. If you watch this part, it continues on to that part, and but really, you know, it's at its core, it's a, sort of it's, a, it's a reboot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I know even some of the same actors like James Karen and and Tom Matthews are kind of playing the same roles, even though they're killed in the first movie. The second movie really has nothing to do with the first movie, and they're actually just reprising their roles again. All right, so on IMDb, this movie gets 7.4 out of 10 stars. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, on the tomato meter, it gets a 91% out of 35 reviews, critic reviews, which is you know a pretty good score, really high. And it uh, gets a 79% from the audience score. <clears throat> so I think that's pretty solid numbers. And I think anyone that watches this is probably going to enjoy it. But, you know, we'll get into that later. So to start, we'll start with this. The Rotten Tomatoes synopsis. When a mysterious military chemical gets into the atmosphere, 
It ends up soaking into a cemetery down in Bayou land, and the bodies are brought to life. It seems that after their healthy snoozes, these creeps have developed quite an appetite, but not for just any old food. These hungry zombies want human brains. Now, the one thing I didn't like about that synopsis, what the fuck is the cemetery down in Bayou land? Like, yeah. Like that yeah, makes... Well, that, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? So this was shot in Louisiana? <laughs> I, well, I, I didn't look up where it was shot or anything, but like, it's supposed to be like Louisville, Kentucky well, or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, is where it's supposed to be. I think most of it was shot in California. There were some exteriors, like the you need a medical supply place. I believe that building that they were using for that was you know and it's possible i guess before we go into that synopsis too to mention about that john russo novel when he wrote it in 78 what he wrote at that point and then what came out as a movie in 1985 were two completely different things there was nothing at all in the movie that was in john russo's novel because he the producer who bought the rights to the story from russo i guess and uh, wanted dan o'bannon to direct it and dan o'bannon's like uh i can't do anything with this because this is basically just a sequel to Romero's Night Living Dead and he didn't want to be connected to you know basically stepping on Romero's toes so he said the only way I'll do it is if I can rewrite it and so you they let you know the producer said yeah go ahead so he rewrote the whole story that's where all the humorous aspects came from because those weren't in the original Russo novel as well as I think some of the other things like them the zombies eating brains instead of you know feasting on whole bodies to make it a little bit different than Romero's so well, I haven't read a I, I haven't read a page of that book, but that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't read that novel. The novel I have that I posted on on the uh, Facebook page is the novelization of the movie that came out oh, in '85 okay. when yeah. the movie came out. So it was rewritten to coincide with the movie. So, so I that, actually haven't read that the original original book. Russo novel yeah. either. Yeah, I just know it's totally different than the movie that came out. All right, so with that, you know, with all that behind us, I guess we can uh, dive into the movie. So. The movie starts with, uh, and this is awesome, the words on the screen. The events portrayed in this film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in, I'm sure if you if you hadn't watched a trailer for this movie, you're walking into the theater, and you just know the name of it is The Return of the Living Dead, and then that comes on the screen, you know you're in for some horse shit. <laughs> Uh, then it, it, you know, it, the, the, that goes away and it comes up, uh, the sign on the outside of the building and it says, you need a medical, you need a medical supply in quotes. It says, you need it, you need it. We got it. And then up underneath it, none larger. Um, so it's a kind of a, you know, still shot of that. So you can read the whole thing. Uh, then it comes up July 3rd, 1984, 5 30 PM Eastern daylight time it goes into the warehouse and you see the boss, uh, his name's Bert, uh, He's telling uh, his two employees, Frank and Freddie, uh, you know, I'm heading out for the July 4th holiday or whatever. And uh, Frank is like the older guy that's been working there for years. And Freddie's like, I guess, just been hired and uh, he's training him. Um, so he's kind of showing him around the warehouse or whatever. And then he says, uh, he's showing him the skeletons. And he said, there's, <laughs> there's an international treaty that all skeletons come from India. <laughs> and then he, and then he like wonders or you know, he posits or whatever. And he's wondering like, how do they get, what I want to know is how do they get all the perfect teeth? You know, like you don't go through <laughs> life with perfect teeth and how do you end up with a skeleton with perfect teeth? Um, and he shows him like, what does he say to him? Like how many, how many people, you know, die with a perfect set of choppers in their puss? Yeah. <laughs> Um, then he showed, he's still showing them around and up on the top of the, uh, shelves there, there's some split dogs. Like these are used in, uh, like 
veterinarian colleges or schools or whatever, they have these dogs that are split down the middle so you can see the inside of the dog. Um, and he shows them that there's like a fresh, fresh cadaver in the freezer. You know, they send those to medical schools. Um, then it cuts to some, uh, some boombox listening punk kids walking down the, uh, sidewalk. And this is a weird mix of friends. Don't you think? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> None of these people it, seem like they would really hang out with one another in any no, circumstance. It's a very eighties movie mix of friends. Kind of, you know, <laughs> I mean, All these kids had just gotten out of detention, uh, and they'd really bonded there. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this is the same year The Breakfast Club came out, so maybe you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I was just generalizing oh, 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 okay. probably what they were going through. You haven't seen that either, huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so they're walking down the sidewalk and then like, they're just talking like uh stupid shit back and forth and then trash, which you come to find out her name's trash. The, she says, uh, I like sex with death. Do you? So then somebody says, yes, yeah, so fuck off and die or something like that. <laughs> it's, some, it's some, it's some, uh, corny as shit dialogue going back and forth here. Um, so yeah, they're supposed to meet Freddie, you know, who, who just got the job down at the, uh, medical warehouse. So they can go uh, party and do whatever the hell they're going to do. So they decide to go uh, pick him up. Um, it cuts back to uh, Frank in the warehouse telling Freddie that Night of the, the movie Night of the Living Dead was a real case. And they just changed the story because they didn't want to get sued. But the real story is that like the, the body, something happened. There was some chemical uh, issue the and, and uh, they had these bodies in ta- these little tanks and they accidentally got shipped to this warehouse where he's working. Um, Two, four, five trioxin, I think it was right there. That's yeah, the chemical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they got sent there instead and, and they're down in the basement. He's like, for real? Yeah, let's go check them out. Um, they're, so they're going down in the steps and like in a, in a, in a fucking obvious bit of foreshadowing. He says, watch that third step. It's a bitch. um and then uh so they go down they're looking at you know they're looking at and there's a 1-800 number on the tank i like that um i I didn't write down what the name of the you know what the number was but i thought that was pretty funny 1-800 fuck off you know on the side of the tank um he's like is it you know so he opens it up they look inside of it and you can see a body down inside of there like a uh, an old dried up corpse in there and he's like um Freddie asked Frank, is it safe to be, you know, like handling it? Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. These were uh, made by the Army Corps of Engineers, and he slaps it, and then gas comes out. And then just. <laughs> Cue like, the awesome 80s synth music yeah. too at that point in the credits. And then, boom, opening <laughs> credits. Uh, it was pretty cool, too, during the credits, like stuff's still going on. Like, you know, you see, the, like, they, they kind of pass out and collapse because they've, they've uh, breathed in the gas. Um, you see the, uh, the zombie, or whatever the fuck it is, you know, the corpse inside the tank. It starts like dissolving, melting, you know, during the credits. I thought that was a pretty cool little effect. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, there's some really cool. And then that, there's some really cool practical effects in this movie too. You yeah, know, there's a lot of a lot of really cool ones. By the way, That's I just pulled up particular. a still shot of the phone number. Uh-huh. It looks like a real <laughs> phone number. It's not the five five five. I wonder if it was like at the time, like if you call this number, it would be like connected to the movie kind of thing. <laughs> you know, now, that would have been awesome if they had done that. <laughs> Something tells me that was probably before people actually called numbers in movies. Um, you know, like uh, 
8675309, you know, the Jenny and I'm, you know, song. Maybe if you call the number, it actually belongs to something that has something to do with the. Although people got harassed having that number over the years, the 8675309. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's like a still live number somewhere out there, you know, and if you call it, <laughs> some old ladies, you know, having a heart attack. So, yeah, this is cool, you know, things are going on. Like you see the gas kind of spreading throughout the building and everything, you know, during the opening credits. Then it cuts to this, uh, this. I guess he's like a general. I don't know if they ever say what his rank is, but I'm, I'm guessing he's like an army general, and he's a straight-up dickhead to his wife yeah. in his house. <laughs> like he comes home, he's just like basically telling her to fuck off. Like, oh, what'd you make for dinner? I made lamb chops. I had it for lunch. Just, just, <laughs> just generally being an asshole, even though she just made him dinner and everything. Um, he kind of goes into the next room and like messes around with this equipment he's got in the house, and he needs to be. He needs to basically be on call twenty four seven because they're looking for these tanks that got missing years before, which I guess you know you make the connection that these are the tanks that just busted in that warehouse. Um. So then it cuts to the uh, the punk rock kids. You know they're all together in the convertible. Like that, now they've added a dude that has this convertible and he's like this. Uh, what's the guy's name? I can't think of the character's name. Suicide. Suicide. Yeah, that's it. Suicide. And he's you know he's generic eighties punk rock looking dude. You know with the leather jacket and the and the haircut you know and the chains and everything um he's got a convertible they needed him to go pick up freddie so they roll up to the uh warehouse and right beside it is the resurrection cemetery um which that's a pretty awesome straightforward foreshadowing name once again <laughs> yeah <laughs> not not hiding at all what's about to happen not you know? subtle not yeah. very unsubtle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so then it cuts back to the uh, warehouse basement. Frank and Freddie are waking up, and they're choking and stuff. And uh, the body inside the tank is gone. They're like, oh, it must have just dissolved when the oxygen hit it. So they go back upstairs, and like, <laughs> it's like, oh, God, this shit stinks. And they start spraying Lysol. Like, that's going to do anything. <laughs> um, Don't go in there for about 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> Somebody open a window. <laughs> smells like death in the Light a match. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's spraying the Lysol and then all of a sudden they hear like a dog barking. And so they go over and one of those split dogs is in the floor and it's still alive. This is, this is when they realize, you know, oh shit, this gas has done something. Then right, pretty much right at the same time, the corpse, the, the cadaver that was in the freezer starts beating on the door and screaming and stuff. And it was pretty cool. Like over on the side, you see like the tack board with the, uh, the, uh, butterfly, I guess like the different species of butterflies and all their wings are flapping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't really play that up as much as they should have. I think in that scene, they're like, because really, it's only like the body comes back to life. There's butterflies and then the split dogs. But I'm sure there was some yeah. other shit in there, like you know, that could have they could have reanimated. I guess they just didn't want to go that far with it. But I'm sure there was others like specimens and shit. and jars and things. And yeah, yeah. Like they could have just made the whole <laughs> joint go crazy. You know, maybe that's yeah. the reasoning. Like, well, the the gas didn't get down in the jars. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But um, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that the uh, skeletons from India didn't uh, oh, yeah. pop up and start doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you know what, what really surprises me too about that scene is why why they were still alive. Like, because you know, you would think, oh, their brain that their brain should have been eaten by you know by what comes later. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That we get to. So like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got lucky. Well, well, maybe that's maybe that's the answer to the uh, to the to the uh, one guy talking about how do they get perfect teeth? They're not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
it's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste of good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the refreshment center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. So they go into the office. They're freaking out like, what the fuck do we do? All right, they decide to call the boss, Bert. But I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's an eye chart. There's like two or three different yes. eye charts in there, but there's an eye chart in the office. And if you look at it, it actually says something. It says, Bert is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who's going bald too. Ha ha. Like that's the whole eye chart. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that chart until I saw the DVD. Because <laughs> I never saw it in the theaters. I'm sure in the theaters, it's probably pretty obvious because it's so big and it's yeah, you know, yeah. crystal clear in the film. But I was the VHS sitting, copies that I was watching, I never noticed it. <laughs> I was actually sitting, I'd never noticed it before until I was watching it this time. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, that, that fucking says something. So I kind of paused it and deciphered it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so then it cuts to uh, the kids out in the cemetery, these punk kids that you know, they decided to like wait for Freddy and they're hanging out in the cemetery for some reason. Because they got nothing better to do, and they don't want to pay money for gas or something, so they decide that hanging out in the cemetery is the cool thing to do. So they're just hanging around, like playing music and you know shooting the shit and waiting on Freddy to get off. And then Trash is sitting on the ground, like on one of the graves next to uh, Spider, and yeah, she's Spider, at, yeah. she's asking about death. Like, do you ever think about death and dying? And I love it. And then all of a sudden, like it's like it's making her hot. She just like stands up and pulls her clothes off. And then goes over to one of the, you know, like above ground graves and jumps up on it and just strips pretty much completely naked outside of some uh, stockings she's got on. And then one of the guys is like, oh, she's doing it again. Hey, everybody, let's look. <laughs> I also noticed that the, uh, I can't think, of, I guess his name, I don't know what his name is, Chuck maybe. The guy that's got the boom box, the guy that's dressed like he's uh, oh, yeah. uh, got a suit on. She takes yeah, her, yeah, when she new, takes, wave, new wave Chuck. <laughs> when she takes her shirt off and she's walking over to like jump up on the grave, he grabs the shirt and sniffs it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but whatever i mean i guess it plays into him being a perv or something but uh and uh as 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 all these names go i'm sure one of the guy's names is first dead guy yeah it should be <laughs> yeah um so yeah she's dancing on the grave and that, that's probably one of the more you know famous scenes from this movie oh, yeah, her yeah. stripping just bare ass naked and uh dancing to this horrible 80s tune which i can't recall off the top of my head Tonight we'll make love until we die. Yeah, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> That's another thing too. Like I think the poster for this movie has like a uh, featuring music by all these. Like it's got like six or seven bands on there. I don't think I've heard one fucking thing out of any of these bands that are on this soundtrack. Like they make this big deal. Like oh, check out this soundtrack. And look, maybe if you're into you know hardcore eighties punk or something, you know some of these bands. I don't know. Maybe that's just past yeah, well, past I, my like time. But cramps for sure. The Cramps on, uh, and TSOL, I definitely remember. But yeah, some of the other ones at that time and, and when I I'm, saw it in 86, the Cramps and TSOL my, are all the only ones I can think of off the top of my head that I knew before. Once again, I'm sure in, Aug in August of 85, I'm sure some of these were hot shit, but 30-plus uh, years later, I don't think I've barely heard any of these bands before. Sounds like some, you know, <laughs> like they're all like the producers' kids' bands that they just decided to throw <laughs> on this uh, soundtrack. Um. <laughs> See, so yeah, she's dancing on the grave there, and then uh, it cuts to uh, Bert showing up at the warehouse, and he's yelling at him, and uh, like you know, they're trying to explain what the fuck's going on, and he's like, "What the fuck, you know?" And 
So he's like, all right, well, you know, there's only one way to deal with this. We're going to have to destroy the body. And I love uh, Frank during all this. Uh, uh, <laughs> James Karen. Um, yeah. Man, he plays it perfectly. There's just not enough of him in this movie, you know, because he get you know, no, because yeah. later on, but <laughs> there's not enough of him a little bit later on because his, his him just rolling around just moaning and shit. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Bert. It's hilarious. What are we going to do? Oh, oh yeah. His whole, his whole acting in that. In yeah, those it's, scenes it's just fucking awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's like, yeah, we're it's not well, a bad question, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, yeah, we're going to have to destroy it. And he's like, what did they do in that movie? Uh, well, they, you know, they destroyed the brain. All right, that's good. So they kind of pin him down. That was another scene that was like hilarious too. Cause they're, they're like, they, he puts Frank in front of the door. Yeah. Like, all right, as soon as he comes out of there, you're going to brain, you're going to brain him with this ax. All right. And as soon as they, <laughs> oh, open, God, I, don't think as, I, can do it. I can't do it, Bert. And as soon as they open the door, he makes a straight fucking beeline for Bert standing over in the corner, you know, 30 feet away. <laughs> Um, he didn't even get a swing in on him and he tackles Bert and they roll around, knock the skeletons over and shit. Finally, they're able to grab a hold of him and they pin him down. He's like, all right, I'm going to, uh, take this pickaxe and just fucking whop him right in the brain. And he does it, you know, while he's pinned down and basically just pins the head to the ground and it doesn't kill it. It's still like, Oh, and they're, then they're just, Oh God, it didn't do anything. It didn't kill it. Yeah. Um, he's like, it worked in the movie. He goes, yeah. but didn't the movie lie? <laughs> um, <laughs> So then he, uh, so instead of like, all right, well, now we've done this. What the fuck? They decide to cut the head off. It's another one of those good effects. But like, it's weird too how the body's like all yellow and shit. What's that about? Like, why does it look like that? Is that some kind of like cadaver shit they put on dead bodies or something? It's just, I don't know if it's just something that they were in the effects process that they were trying to get it to look cadaverous. Maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe. But it's like, it's just a yellow, like hairless body but anyway so they, they decide to take like a hacksaw he takes like a, a a bone saw or a hacksaw or something and just chops the head or saws the head off <laughs> off the body and like it's still gurgling and shit like you know as Frank, frank's freaking out <laughs> oh god bert <laughs> so then like as soon as they, he hacks the head off the fucking body jumps up and starts running around knocking shit over and um they tie it up and then they decide to, uh, all right, what do we, we got to do something with this. And they look and they see that Ernie, Ernie's, uh, the guy that runs like the, uh, crematorium or whatever, the funeral parlor that's next door. They decide to try to take it over there and see if he can cremate the body, you know, cremate the remains cause they can't kill it. Um, yeah. by the way, at this point, I like to Ernie. point out that, uh, the two guys that own businesses right beside each other. Or Bert and Ernie. Bert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I probably watched about 75% of this movie before I realized it was Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah. And he says hey, something Bert. about them being friends for at least 25 years or so. <laughs> yeah. So it comes back to the cemetery and uh, Trash is like still dancing around. She, she's still naked, butt naked and she's all over, uh, she's hanging all over suicide. suicide. And uh, <laughs> then he says, you think this is a fucking costume? It's a way of life. <laughs> And she's still kind of like dancing around, like grabbing his junk and stuff. And she, he says, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will you? <laughs> so, yeah, suicide's like he's become the, the just brooding, depressive punk at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really not playing the look up to what, you know, the way he's acting. No. Yeah. Um, no, no, this needed to happen about five years into the future, and he would have been grunge. Yeah, yeah, he would have been emo right. grunge. So then it uh, cuts to Ernie in the uh, 
you know, embalming room of his mortuary and he's uh kind of listening to music and he's smoking a pipe and then Bert opens up the door and uh scares him and he pulls a gun out. Now that's another thing like why does he have a gun in a holster like that in a mortuary? I mean, what what's what would be the purpose well, of always having to carry a gun? I think there was one distinct reason why he has that and that specific gun is is cuz Dan O'Bannon had said something about this even though it's not very apparent unless you like rewatch it and kind of you can say okay is it apparently Ernie was supposed to be this Nazi war criminal that's on the run from, you know, that escaped and he's over in the U.S. now or something. So that's why he had like a Walter P-38. So they he's listening to some German, like German classical something music on in the headphones when he comes in on that scene. There's actually a picture of Hitler and a picture of maybe Goebbels or something on the wall in the in that in his mortuary or whatever. And somebody, there's a whole bunch of these little things. A tiny, he says a, a line in German too. In one point, That's, and then there's, there's all these little things I didn't know about until I read, and then went back. And this time when I was watching it, I noticed some of those things. So. And maybe that's what they were trying to do. But that seems like you're trying to put way too much thought into this movie. Yeah, not, maybe you know? <laughs> it just maybe it didn't play out the way he wanted to, and also maybe because Ernie is actually probably the most down to earth of all of those guys in the movie, and the most kind of likable besides Frank. But Frank's kind of that neurotic, likable kind of character. You know, yeah, Ernie's yeah. kind of like the down-to-earth, let's get some business done type. Oh, Bert. So maybe they played. <laughs> Instead of doing the high, high-pitched, high oh, Bert, I think you need to start doing the Bert and Ernie Bert. Hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> what you doing, Bert? Let's get rid of the corpse, Bert. <laughs> uh, my favorite episode of fact, Sesame, Sesame Street. Street remake of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay money to see that. Five bucks. <laughs> hey, Bert, you didn't wash your hands again. Mm. <laughs> Elmo is trash. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think Oscar's going to be suicide. Oh, okay. He's brooding. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Bert comes into the room and scares the shit out of him. So he pulls a gun, he puts it away, and then uh, he starts telling him about what he's doing to the body there that's laying on the table, like, Here's the trick. You take out rigor mortis, you know, by like working the muscles in the arms and all this. And so he decides to tell him like, all right, uh, all right, Ernie, we need a, we need a big favor. And, and then he brings Frank and Freddie and they're carrying like this, uh, you know, uh, like a stretcher or a pallet of, of body parts, but they're all wrapped up in bags and they're wiggling around and stuff. And, uh, he tells him that, uh, he needs to help him with this problem. They have a shipment of rabid weasels that they brought in. <laughs> And he's like, well, you know, well, we don't need to cremate them. That seems horrible. You know, they're alive. Let's just take them out in the, in the, uh, pulls out his gun again. He's like, let's just take them out in the parking lot and just shoot them all in the head and take care of it. And then that's when they realize, all right, we're gonna have to tell him the truth. Like he's not, you know, he's not just going to do this. So he tells, he tells him, there's kind of a cut scene that, you know, they come back to the cemetery and do something, you know, just this, that, and the other thing. Where's Freddie at? Is he in the off work yet? And it comes back. And uh, they've explained it to him, and he's like, all right, well, you know, you're going to owe me a big favor, but I'll do it. Um, so they take him to the uh, crematorium, and they uh, he's like, yeah, is this going to get rid of everything, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll reduce it to ashes, no worries. So they burn it up. And that's when there's like this green smoke, I guess from burning the parts that have been, you know, infected yeah. by this gas. Noxious, toxic yeah. gas. Green, it comes out of the, the, the crematorium chimney there and it like reacts with the clouds and like instantly starts like a thunderstorm. And then all the all the punk rock kids out in the cemetery are having to run for cover because now they're getting rained on. And, uh, you know, the rain's soaking into the ground and everything. And then 
they're all running for cover, and uh, Tina, who's Freddie's girlfriend, runs into the warehouse. All the rest of the kids run to the car and put the convertible up, and then they're like they're complaining that they got all wet and stuff. And then a couple of them say that the rain burns their skin like it's acid rain. Um, so then you see like the rain soaking down into the graves and stuff, and then it cuts back to uh, Frank and Freddie in the uh, crematorium. There, they feel like they're gonna they're getting sick, like they're, they're sick from sniffing in this gas. It's like oh shit, you know, now I need to take them to the hospital. No, we'll uh. You know, I'll call the ambulance. Ernie calls the ambulance. So then it cuts back to the uh, the uh, cemetery, and the and the corpses are digging out of the ground. You can see them kind of digging up. It cuts back to Tina in the uh, basement over at the warehouse because she's like, Freddie, where are you at? Is anybody here? So she goes down to the basement for some fucking reason because that, that's the first place you're going to look for somebody in a warehouse you've <laughs> never been to. Um, she goes down into the basement, and uh, then the, the what they call the tar man zombie. I guess it's the one that was inside the tank, right? Yeah. It's all melted yeah. and shit. He jumps yeah. at her and says, brains! You know, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's freaking out, and like she, she tries to run away, and then she's running up the stairs, and what does she do? She falls straight through the third step. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was looking stuff up on this, uh, apparently that actress, they, they didn't tell her that the, that the step was bad. So I believe yeah. she actually hurt herself when she uh, hit that third step. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I mean, she did, was the director, didn't... Dan O'Bannon, didn't he say, I think he, they were on break or something. He told them to put a fake step there <laughs> and didn't tell her about it. Yeah. yeah. And she, guess... you know, they were doing a test run, I think it was, or something like, or he told her it was going to be a test run. I don't know if they were rolling cameras or whatever. Now run up the stairs. We want to see, you know, get, make sure we got it all blocked off. Right. And yeah, and then she ran and of course, bam, right through it. I guess if you want to get a general, genuine reaction, you can go ahead and set that up so she breaks her fucking neck. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Luckily, she didn't, like, fall all the way through. She fell through, but, like, she's holding on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then eventually she kind of jumps down. But uh, So, of course, yeah, she goes right through the third step. Because so, it's a bitch. Yeah, so then she runs, like, she she falls down and she runs. She's still running away, and then she finds, like, this little closet over in the corner. She, she gets in there, and then the fucking tar man zombie like grabs some chains and starts like uh, uh trying to you know like literally like pulling the doors off like he's gonna winch yeah, like the door a, yeah, off the, the, yeah yeah that's that's the first time that you really get aspect the zombies in this movie like these aren't gonna be your typical yeah these dumb zombies that aren't able yeah, these to, aren't know, lumbering with tools yeah these aren't lumbering <laughs> slow zombies these are like this motherfucker's crafty <laughs> yeah. and you'll see as you, you go farther along in the movie man just on a premise this might be some of the scariest uh, zombies ever. Yeah, except for maybe those ones in, uh, what is it, Z Nation? No, not Z Nation. What the hell? That's that show. Um, World War Z. 28 Days Later? No, no, oh, World yeah. War Z, where they're oh, all yeah. like, climbing on yeah, each other and running and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think this might be, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think this might be the first movie that had running zombies in it. Yeah, probably. I mean, because up, up to that, not like there was a whole bunch of zombie movies probably up to this point, but I'd say probably up to that point, it had all been like Romero-style stuff, you know? Yeah, there have been and a lot of Italian imitations, of you know, Italian imitations of Romero zombie movies, so yeah, yeah kind of going on that. Um, so yeah, this one, like, he sits up like a winch. He's going to, like, winch the door off to get her out of there. And then all of a sudden, all of the, uh, the other uh, punk rock friends come come in and uh, they're like, what the fuck? And then they look over, and then, like, this little curtain falls. And uh, Tarman says, didn't he say more brains? 
Yeah, more yeah, well, brains. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at them, more brains. And then, like, it instantly grabs a hold of Suicide and bites his head. <laughs> like an apple. Just, yeah, yeah, just crunches his head to get to the brains. That's another thing, too, like, they didn't play in this one. Like, when you get bit, you don't come back. Yeah. Like, most, most of the time, you get bit, yeah. you're coming back. That's true, like yeah, in this one, yeah. I think anybody that got ate up, like they're just fucking dead. Like they didn't even get reanimated by the gas. I don't think. True. No. No. I think yeah, the yeah, well, ones that, the only ones that became dead were were Freddie and Frank because well, of the gas that I hit for, them straight in the face. I forgot another one, and we'll mention that here shortly. But yeah, there's at least those three, and even yeah. Frank and Freddie kind of don't count. They're in a different bracket, I think. But anyways. So yeah, like they don't get bit, they don't instantly come back. But anyways, Tarman bites suicide on the head. No, I know. I think it's at that point. That's when they say, uh, when he says more brains. It's after that, they throw something at him, and he looks over and sees them all standing over there, and then he says more brains. Like after, yeah, yeah. after he bit suicide. Yeah. Um, so they they run off, and then it shows, uh, cuts back to the uh, funeral home, and paramedics have shown up. And uh, they're they're checking on Frank and Freddie there because they're really sick. They're sitting there and like there's no pulse, um, like their temperatures are really low and everything. So it's almost like they're coming <laughs> to the conclusion like these dudes are dead. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's, what's, like, what's their temperature? Uh, Seventy. <laughs> Room temperature. Yeah, he says, "What's that? Room temperature." <laughs> and then they switch up, right? Like their instruments working right and right, so they switch people. You know, the other one checks Freddie, yeah. and the other one checks Frank. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then it, you know they're they're coming to this conclusion and then uh all the uh kids uh the punk kids run out to the cemetery and now the dead are rising and they attack uh as they're all scattering trash they like about eight of them grab a hold of trash and just take her down playing into her fantasy yes yeah she loved death you know, I, I, so three of the kids uh bang on the funeral home door and they uh they come in and then uh the medic, the paramedics that were in there checking on Frank and Freddie, they go outside, and uh, it's like, all right, we're gonna radio this in. Something funky's going on because they hear something. And he turns the headlights on, and like, uh, like twenty of them are standing there staring at him. And then one of them instantly just grabs a hold of the door, opens it up, and attacks him. So if you didn't figure out that they're crafty from the tar man thing, you know, you figured out right here, like yeah. they've got some thought. Um, it's got to be all those brains they're eating, I guess. Yeah. Well, and then the then the next little part from right there is, uh, <laughs> hey, is anybody there coming over the CB? And and the zombie leans over and says, "Send poor paramedics." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cracked up. I I remember laughing at that line so like when I was you know watching it the first time. It was, it's got like this I mean, weird <laughs> weird fucked up voice like send more paramedics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Johnny, are you feeling okay? Yep, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, it opened. There's a bunch of them there, and then they just latch, you know, or they just attack and overtake these two dudes, uh, the paramedics. Uh, then uh, Ernie goes outside. He leaves the funeral home. He goes outside to uh, to get a car, and then he sees the ambulance. Like you know, he sees the ambulances. Like oh shit! And then he goes over there and like. Uh, tries to close the ambulance door and then sees the paramedic on the ground being eaten by a zombie. And then the zombie like runs after him, but the dude's got no legs. So he's just like, <laughs> he's just like nubbing him, you know, like running. And I saw something, uh, I watched like a behind the scenes, uh, thing on that. Apparently that dude legit has no legs and he's just like a homeless dude, or at least back in the eighties, he was this famous homeless dude that was always just hanging around in LA 
and uh, <laughs> they asked him to you know to be in the movie. Apparently, like, you want to be? I think he says something like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" He's like, ah, "I've been in tons of movies." Uh, and then they had to negotiate like a like a decent spotlight spot for this guy just so he would do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that dude legit has no legs and he's just running after him. Um, so Ernie runs back into the uh, funeral home. Um, so they go in and they kind of bar- they start barricading the funeral home and they're fighting them off. Um, that's when it cuts back and the zombie outside gets in the uh, they're talking on the radio. Send more paramedics. Um. Then it cuts back to, uh, <laughs> I like this, uh, what spider has some awesome lines in this movie toward the end of this movie, by the way, <laughs> yes. once he goes in the funeral home uh, and they're barricading the places, how many windows you've got in this fucking place? <laughs> um, so they're, you know, they're doing that and, uh, Bert kind of fills them in on what's going on, you know, you know, to the couple of kids that came in. Uh, then they cut back to like Freddie and Frank. They're still over there moaning and hurting and everything. And then they point out that like the pull, uh, the the blood is pulling up in his back from him sitting still, and he's has rigor mortis setting in. Then then I guess that's when it's finally said like, oh, dude, these dudes are dead, you know. <laughs> um. So then another ambulance shows up, you know, because the first one ain't calling back, or well, I guess because of the. Uh, they I sent guess, more paramedics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sent more paramedics because of the zombie ass. Another ambulance, uh, so these guys show up, hey, what the fuck? And then they instantly get attacked by, like, 80 zombies. Um, <laughs> and they just come rushing in. Like, they just bum rush them. It's hilarious. Like, there's nobody there. And then, ah! um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, they could uh, play linebackers, too. Yeah. Zombies. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're fleet of foot. Like, they're not they're not stumbling oh. around or anything, man. They're like, you know. <laughs> And there's and a lot of these are supposed to be straight up fresh out of the grave, so you know that makes even yeah. less sense. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, they're they're still you know they're still trying to get into the funeral home and they're they're punching holes in the windows and the walls and shit and they're trying to fight them off this time. And then uh, one of the dudes, like the punker guy with the mohawk scuzz, <clears throat> he kind of gets grabbed a hold of by one of them and then they bite him in the head. And then blood just spurts everywhere, just all over the windows, the walls, just going nuts. And then he dra- he kind of falls back and he drags it in with him, and it's like this rotten half woman corpse um, that he drags back in. And they kind of beat it off of him, but he's dead. So they take they grab a hold of the uh, zombie and take her into the next room and tie her down. And it, once again, another cool practical effect. Like it's it's strapped down and like. You know, it's clearly mm. like it's only half of it. It's like from what, like halfway up the stomach up. That's all that's left of it, basically. And it's yeah, the little, hanging out. Yeah. yeah, the little spine, little yeah. piece of spine. Yeah, it's just kind of flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> no, before it starts talking to him, like in depth, <laughs> it says something like brains, brains, whatever it's saying. And Spider says, I'll bust it in the damn head. <laughs> well, that's probably one of my favorite Spider lines. Yeah. <laughs> bust it in the damn head. I'm just going to bust it in the damn head. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it kind of explains why they eat brains. They, they say they eat the brains because it relieves the pain of death. So it's like this moment of, man, that's fucked up. It's not, they're not just mindless, you know, zombie. There's a reason to this. Um, so yeah, that, like, you know, there's, they, they run out, they kind of leave it there tied to the table and they, uh, go to the next room or whatever. And, uh, then it, go, it goes outside and, uh, trash who got overtaken by, you know, like eight or nine zombies a little, a little earlier. She's now dead, and she rises up. All right, so this is kind of a cool scene, right? So she's laying, like, in a, a mud puddle from all this rain. 
and it's still raining and storming and everything, right? She stands up, and you can see, like, oh, man, she's all fucked up. She's dead. Now she's one of them, right? Then it cuts to outside the cemetery, and it's not fucking raining. Draws a bone, <laughs> and there's a hobo going by with a, you know, with, like, a buggy full of hobo shit. But it's not raining. I'm like, what? I mean, look, I guess of all the things to harp on with this movie, that's the least of them. But it's like, what? Wait a minute. Um, Huge continuity error. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, but then she just comes, she just kind of comes shambling out like in the smoke and uh, and th- then attacks the dude. And it almost looks like yeah, she's like, he oh. doesn't know. He, yeah, he's like, he's like there. Oh, this half naked yeah. woman or this fully naked right. woman is coming towards me. He doesn't know it's a zombie. So he's here, like, <laughs> here we go. We're about to have some hot hobo sex right out here in the. <laughs> I'm talking about me, you, hot jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> what is it? Dirty Mike and the boys from, from uh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, the nice guys. The nice guys. Yeah. The Will Ferrell movie. Uh, yeah. Listen so, to a little NPR. Talking about a good time. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like this hobo, she just comes walking up and uh, she attacks the hobo and like, uh, it almost looks like she damn damn near unhinges her jaw when she grabs a hold of this guy. You notice, like, yeah. I guess it's just a makeup job yeah. and the way she comes diving at him, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool shot, cool angle. And yeah, yeah, so. good angle. On it, yeah. Um, so then it cuts back inside the funeral home, and they decide to take Frank. Like Frank and Freddie are still moaning and they're hurting and everything. Like, all right, we got to get them into another room just in case. I guess they come to the conclusion now that these guys might turn zombie and hurt them. So like, we got to put them in another room and lock them up. So they kind of carry him into the uh, chapel there at the funeral home, and they lock him in there with uh, Tina because she won't leave Freddie. A cop car arrives right during this time, and then they get out, and then they instantly get attacked by zombies. And then one of the zombies gets on the uh, radio and again says, Send more cops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then it uh, cuts back to the Frank and Freddie and Tina in the chapel, and then they, they basically... Uh, they die, and then like kind of instantly come back to life, and uh, well, foaming at the mouth and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, one. I've realized one thing that'll help relieve the pain or something. Live brains, and then he kind of slow mo like jumps at her. She kind of fights him <laughs> off and like ah runs away. Um, then the other the other guys, Bert and Ernie, <laughs> Bert and Ernie. <laughs> Bert. <laughs> hey, Bert. Hey Bert! Hey, what's going on? Oh, Freddie! Uh, they they come busting in and like then like they fight him off or whatever and they bash Freddie upside the head and uh, meanwhile Frank you know who uh, kind of sneaks out behind them he just kind of like they're they're not even paying attention to him he just like slides past him and runs away they beat Freddie upside the head and then eventually like, he gets back up still and then they throw this little uh, can of acid which I don't know what his big plan with the acid thing was. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I know. It's a, hey, it was, this, uh, it's a jar of nitric acid. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're play, not going to do much with it. They play it up. It's <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah, this acid will do the trick. And he's like, yeah, but there's not enough of it. And he's like, and then he just kind of silently agrees, like, yeah, there's not. Yeah. But then five, but <laughs> that then, was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a dipshit. <laughs> Thanks, Bert. Uh, Bert. <laughs> that might have worked when you're a Nazi in there torturing people, but it ain't going to work on these zombies. <laughs> and then five minutes later, they, oh, there's where the acid comes in. They throw it into Freddy's face. <laughs> and then they just close the door and leave him to like, ah, you know, be screaming with the acid in his face. Um, Send more cops. <laughs> <laughs> I 
by the way, like those two guys, they're 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 in pain. They have rigor mortis, which means the the, the muscles are tightening up. As uh, soon as they die, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty limp. Right y'all want y'all want to go run a marathon? I can, yeah. I can, I can do it now. You got any brains? <laughs> so like now they're they're back out like trying to barricade the doors or whatever, and then Ernie just kind of falls over and breaks his foot. Like I don't know, it just kind of, it was kind of a weak, like just pushing like a dresser or some shit, and he falls over and he's like, "Yep, my foot's broken." Um, <laughs> so then it uh, cuts back to uh, now uh, Bert and Spider like they've agreed. Like, All right, we need to we need to get out of here one way or the other. So we're just gonna we're just gonna make a run for it. So Bert and Spider like run out the door get into the police car that's out there. And then, you know, of course they're getting like, you know, all 80 zombies are like up on top of the car and everything. And they were going to try to pick the, uh, Tina and Ernie up, but they realized like, we can't get back to the door. We're just going to have to get the fuck out of here. So they take off and leave them. They, they blow through like all these zombies. Like then they go down the street and they're like, oh, we're home free. And then there's like another, like 80 zombies coming up the road. Shit. So they have to kind of turn around and go back to the warehouse instead. So they run in there, and there's two of the other, uh, you know, the punk kids or whatever. They're in there. They've been holed up in there. So there's four of them in there, and uh, Ernie and uh, Tina are still back at the, uh, the funeral home. And uh, they decide, like, shit, well, we, now, you know, now that we're here, we're just going to have to wait this out, I guess. Let's just barricade ourselves in the attic because they can't come up and get us. And because uh, Freddie's in there looking around for Tina or whatever, and he's calling for her. And then it cuts to Frank in the crematorium. He just like climbs up in the uh, what do you call that the furnace, and then burns cremates himself. The incinerator. Yeah, incinerator. Yeah, which I thought was kind of odd, but it, once again in that little behind the scenes thing that I watched, apparently they added that in because uh, his character didn't really have anything else to do. So basically, what they did is they went back and said, "All right, we're going to toss in this one scene." Where he says like uh, something to the effect of like shit that that's no big deal I could have operated that machine myself you know when they're burning the uh, rabid, yeah oh the yeah rabid yeah. weasels or whatever you know remember <laughs> toward the beginning yeah they went back and reinserted that little line in so then later on you know that I guess it, it would tie into like why he would go in and do that himself because I guess he comes to the realization he doesn't want to live that way and he just burns himself up but because uh, apparently in the script all really all they had for him to do was just run around and do nothing the rest of the movie so <laughs> I guess that just gave him something to finish it off so then a, so then it cuts back outside and now there's like you know eight eight to ten cop cars show up and a and a helicopter flying around it shows up and then uh <laughs> there's a zombie dressed in a cop outfit waving them in <laughs> With the uh, <laughs> with the little light, like come on here, this is where the action is, and then he just drops it, and then all of them just ambush the cop cars. Yeah, yeah that's when they tackle the shit out. Yeah, of them yeah. <laughs> all the cops are about to get out, and then the zombies just attack them right there. They got them hemmed up, uh, but the helicopter's still flying around, and you kind of see the aerial shot of what's going on, like you know, all hell's breaking loose. So then, like uh, the, the other ones from the uh, that are in, you know, Ernie and. Uh, Spider and the couple other ones that are in the warehouse hold up. Uh, it cuts back to them, and uh, they need to get down to the basement because there's a phone down there that they can use. So they open up the door, and Tarman Tarman zombie jumps out, and then they just straight up knock its head right off with a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, which I guess it would That's be another awesome scene. Yeah, but I guess it would be easy because I guess you're to assume that this thing's barely holding it together. So you know it makes sense. True. Yeah, uh, that one can hardly walk. He's like so messed up. He yeah, can, yeah. You know. Um. So they knock his head off and they go down to the basement to use the phone and they call the cops and then it shows the cops they've kind of set up a barricade or whatever out there and then all of a sudden they just get overrun by all the zombies. So like shit, so now we're going to have to, hey, there's that 1-800 number 
on the side of the tanks. Let's call that. So they call the number. Um, then it, it cuts back to like it goes. Uh, I guess it's like you know you call this person, you call this person, whatever, and it gets back yeah, to that. Patches, patches gets, through the so and so. Yeah, yeah. It gets back to that asshole general from the beginning of the movie who hates <laughs> his wife and his whole life apparently. <laughs> um, and he but call- apparently loves lamb chops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did at lunch. Um, <laughs> and not for dinner though. though. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. And your effort. <laughs> Um, it's your fault that those containers went missing. Yeah. And I have to stay on 24 seven on call. Um, so he calls like, basically it gets to him finally. And then there's this whole rigmarole, but it finally gets to him. And, um, he call he, he talk, he talks to Bert over the phone, you know, about all the information or whatever. And then he eventually just calls in an airstrike. Um, which I thought that was pretty fucking awesome too, because they're talking on the phone and then they call in and then you hear, <laughs> I thought I was like, like hey, what is that? Hey, do you hear that? Like, it's like a fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like, what the fuck? Like, you'd hear the bomb coming in like that. <laughs> um. So then, right at that moment, like, you, you hear the bomb whistling, and right at that moment, you see like Freddy. It comes back to the funeral home. You see Freddy bust through the attic door, and then then it's like a freeze frame. Then you see like another shot of like the zombies out in the you know, out and outside somewhere, or they're all looking up at the sky. Then it just blows up. And I'm guessing it's not like a nuclear bomb or something. I mean, although they kind of play it like it is, but it's not. I guess it's just kind of like a direct hit. And there's like this back shot where it's cheap as hell. You see like some houses in the background, like the explosion. And then like this wave. (laughs) Yeah. It like kind of blows the windows out of these houses, but not the ones in front of it. Um, (laughs) Just kind of cheap. And this is what I was getting to. So like, all right, so the bomb goes off, you know, and they're like, hey, it's a direct hit. It was good. And then basically it just goes into the same sequence of shots um, from earlier in the movie when the, the cloud, the cloud of green uh, gas or whatever goes into the clouds, reacts, starts a storm, rain starts to fall on the graveyard. And then, like, this, it's, it's like the same scene, like. The same uh, uh, zombies coming out of the ground yep. and the skeleton. Including the song, you know, the skeletal zombie that pops up with his head. Yeah. Do you want to party? You yeah, know, that, yeah. Do you want to party? And, like, yeah, you see the skeleton come out of the ground and it kind of uh, opens its mouth and then that freeze credits. By the way, what? Skeleton, no skin, no muscles, eyeballs. <laughs> do you want to party? <laughs> Perfect teeth, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> perfect teeth. Actually, I perfect did. Perfect teeth and eyeballs. How are the eyeballs still yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, everything else is gone. The eyes are there. I think it was actually missing a tooth, if I recall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like, to me, like, it's almost like once again, we I'll reference this again because we referenced it last episode. It's almost like a SNL skit that was going pretty good, and they just didn't know how to end it. You know, like true, yeah. Yeah, because really, really, you could have just stopped it right there with the with the explosion, the bomb. That was that could have been a perfect ending right there. I, I mean, a perfectly fucked up ending. You know? Yeah, like you didn't have to show Without. that exact same sequence. It, like, it just cheaped out. It's like it's like watching yeah, old, yeah. it's like watching an old Hanna Barbera cartoon where the same background is going over and over again. It's like, come on, <laughs> you couldn't shoot something else. You know, do this differently. You had to do it exactly the same. <laughs> Well, I think they did all this in six weeks, so no, Josh. No, they That's couldn't. true. Yeah, I did read about that, too. I think six weeks shooting time, yeah. Oh, that is for real, six <laughs> weeks? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, 1985. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, pretty much it. Um, so, Will? 
Uh, what's your rating? Uh, what's your rating on this one? <laughs> I'm going to give this one a, a four. Uh, and I think part of the reason I'm, I'm going, you know, pretty high on this is uh, <laughs> my, my background with this movie. And I'm starting to definitely realize, like, as, as we do more of these podcasts, I really do enjoy the comedy horror genre. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's there's a big element of comedy in horror sometimes. I mean, unless you're, unless it's that kind of like dour, really serious, yeah, you know, type of movie, um, you'll you'll see a lot, of, especially movies from the '80s and '90s. You'll see a lot of comedy in them. Yeah, yeah but yep. this uh, the the reanimator, like, they really play up the comedy. Oh yeah, well, those oh two, yeah. But but I will say that those those are probably two movies that play to the extreme more than your average movie, even from the eighties and nineties. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those are two pretty over the top movies. I mean, there's a handful of others, but those are really those are two are really over the top. So what you said, four stars? Yeah. Out of five, yeah, that's um, that's pretty solid. Smoke, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with Willie on that one too. Four stars is what I was going for. Uh, getting that a lot of history for me in this movie too. I mean, I. I don't know how many. I haven't counted how many times I've seen it. It's been quite a bit since '86. So. But uh, it, one thing, it doesn't ever get tiring for me. I can like I can watch it again and again. Um, myself, I'm gonna we're gonna make it three for three. I'm going four stars. Solid movie. Um, I've seen it. Yep. I've seen it a, a, a lot of times. Like you said, you can watch it over and over. I mean, I just watched it two times in the last three days, and I enjoyed it the second time as much as the first. You know, so. <laughs> And like I said, you'll always find other shit. And I'm sure there's little other thing, jokes and stuff in the background that we didn't catch or mention or whatever. It's one of those, one of those kind of movies that has a lot of replay value, you know, especially if you're into, uh, into eighties, not just horror movies, but just eighties movies and things. <laughs> it's very eighties. It wears it with pride. Um, <laughs> yes, from the, definitely. from the soundtrack to the wardrobe to, you know the the line, some of the lines in there and everything. I mean, it's very eighty. So, mm. um, yep. yeah, I give it a strong four stars, man. I enjoyed it. Anything else you y'all want to add about Return of the Living Dead? Uh, I know. Well, I know we mentioned about Tom Matthews being in, uh, associated with the Friday Thirteenth franchise, but I, and then actually uh, the guy that played Suicide, Mark uh, Veter Veterini, I believe it is, uh -huh. and Spider was Miguel Nunez. Both of them were in Friday Thirteenth Part Five, A New Beginning. Wow. And I think so. I mean, they had small. Well, both of them kind of had small parts in there, but memorable, very memorable, but small parts. Like the guy that played Suicide, Friday Thirteenth Part Five. You have both seen that one, right? Oh yeah. Or has yeah. it been a while? Maybe since you've yeah. seen that one. Uh, but, uh, it's probably been within the last year since I saw that one. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, that Mark Vetterini that played Suicide. He was a guy and one of the patients in that. That uh, got what the name of that little. Not asylum, but you know that institute that Tommy goes to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he played Victor, who was chopping the wood. Okay. And the guy that Joey comes out there and tries to give him the candy bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he chops the candy bar in half, and then he chops Joey yeah. <laughs> up or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that no, was the same I'm picturing there. the whole thing. You're right. That's him, yeah. And then uh, Spider, Miguel Nunez, played, uh, you remember Reggie, the little kid in part five? Mm -hmm. Who his dad or his granddad worked as a cook, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or a groundskeeper or something there at, the, at that institute. Uh, his brother, that was Miguel Nunez that played Spider. He, and it was the same year. That Return of the Living Dead came out, so he still had that long Jerry curl, and uh, he was living. In the, he was in the van. He had his van. His girlfriend was out there. Reggie went to visit him, and then he was he was taking the shit because the burritos <laughs> yeah. or whatever that went through him. He was, yeah, <laughs> and he got killed by you know Jason or you know Part hey, Five. So. Hey, hey, spoiler alert, man. We need to you know. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's been in plenty of other things though. Like I just looked it up. Like he was in Street Fighter. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He, that apparently, he was in Scooby Doo, yeah. like you know the movie, yeah. not like the old cartoon. But yeah, a number of other things. I know I've seen him in other shows and stuff too. So, yeah. yeah, he's been yeah. around yeah. a while. It's, just, it's that guy too that like pops up, and because I always see him from Friday Thirteenth Part Five and Trying to Live Dead, I always think about him with the the long Jerry curl. So yeah. whenever he pops up in a movie, like a more recent movie or something, like I can feel, I, like I know who this is. I can't. And it takes me a little while, and I'm okay. Yep. He's become one of those dudes. We're like, oh yeah, it's that dude. You know, yeah. when you're watching a movie or a show. So yeah, I guess that'll uh, pretty much uh, put a bow on this one. We all enjoy it, and we definitely recommend it. And uh, you should definitely go check this one out if you haven't seen it. Obviously, now after we've told you the whole movie, but you still need to see it. Um, and go watch that YouTube clip that we talked about the Klaus, the uh, the German forklift driver. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. And, um, and glorious shit. It's glorious fuck too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there might. Be, oh, I can see There might be more movie. blood. There might be oh, more blood. Ahead. I said there might be more blood in that little short than there is in this entire movie. And there's a lot of blood. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that just that just just progressed with each and every little bit of that forklift oh, yeah. uh, video until <laughs> until the conclusion. <laughs> Somebody else that reminded me of like Peter Jackson, like. If Peter Jackson was German, he would have made that. <laughs> uh, prior to the Lord of the Rings franchise, I mean, no, that no, Peter we, Jackson. And that's the thing about that is like we don't know like who made it. We don't know if it's real or not. I don't know. You can judge for yourselves. Maybe you guys can find out if you know something about it. Let us know. Um, from what I mean, it's not like I did a deep dive on it or anything, but um, I don't think it's re- legit. But hell, it's German. It could be. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I know. I kept watching it from the beginning. You know, you kind of could think that yeah, maybe this is a real one. Yeah, because exactly. you know, as it progresses and gets more and more ridiculous or ludicrous, the you know the scenes that happen. It's a little less. But at the beginning, you're kind of like, this could be an actual thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little less. It's a little less than ten minutes long. So about the first three or four minutes in, you're like, what the fuck is this? It's a forklift driving video, and then it just gets crazy. So like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's pretty awesome. You need to go check it out. I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes so you guys can link it or you can go look it up yourselves. But yeah, so next episode. Episode six of the All American Spook Show. We will discuss the new Halloween movie from 2018. It's coming out on Blu-ray here in the month of January 2019. So um, it might be a good time to strike on that again. You know, we'll talk about it and uh, tell you our thoughts and everything about that one. So yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, this is your chance. Go watch it before uh, we spoil the hell out of it. The IMDb synopsis. Uh, says Lori Strode confronts her longtime foe Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. So this one uh, pretends that none of the sequels happened, right? Yeah, it pretty much it, takes place right after. Yeah, it's like John well, Car- John Carpenter's original Halloween movie, and then this one, right? Yep. Forty years later, whatever it is. So that'll give you a little taste of uh, what's what's uh, up for next episode. So. Uh, you know, like we said at the beginning, you can uh, email us, tweet us, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're all over. We're over all, all over all those things. As someone drags a corpse around in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess that's all. Uh, until next time, I'm Josh. And I'm Will. And smoke. 
<laughs> Sounds like you're smoking something right before you said it. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Maybe you. I was. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, you never know. <laughs> was it a corpse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, something laced with 245 trials. Yeah, oh, oh, God. Well, <laughs> you'll never hear from the professor again. <laughs> Unless you need to send more cops. <laughs> all right, so until next time. Uh, that's the All-American Spook Show podcast, guys. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.